Hello and welcome to another episode of the RochdaleAFC.com podcast. My name is Dean, aka At The Peak, and once again joined by Chaff. Chaff, how have you been getting on this last week, mate? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Busy at work, but yeah, this is a welcome distraction. It's not many of us that get to be busy at the moment, so I guess you can take that as a positive. We're also joined once again by Ryan. Ryan, how have you been getting on this week? Yeah, not so bad. Um, Bits and bobs in the garden, keeping busy, but yeah, all good. Yeah, as long as we've got a little bit of a Dale chat to break up the week, I suppose, and we're looking at our all-time Dale 11 once again. We were looking at our goalkeepers and defenders last week. This week, we're moving on to the midfielders and we're going to start in the centre of midfield and with a player that came slightly before uh, my time watching Dale and Ryan's. So, Chaff, we're going to let you take the lead on a player called Sean Reed. Yeah, uh, typical hard man midfielder. Um, started off at Rochdale well before my time, to be fair, but he came back for a second spell in the mid-90s. Um Hard man midfielder, never shied away from a tackle, always gave 100%, um, played in a lot of games as well. And you're very, yeah, very well thought of by the majority of Rochdale supporters. Sounds like he was quite similar in style to his brother then. Uh, yeah, he was actually, to be fair. Um, and he, he did go on to management as well, like his brother. And he was, um, if I'm not mistaken, rumoured to get the Rochdale job before Parking got it after Barrow, but obviously didn't get it. Well, that was sort of the era when I first started going to watch Dale, um, just after reading when Parking was manager. And one of the players that stood out for me, again, um, it was his second spell at the club by the time that I'd started going to watch Dale, but uh, it's no surprise to anyone who's seen my name on the, the forum that Jason Peake was my first favourite player at Dale. Chaff, what were your memories of Peake? Because for me, he was the sort of player that the sort of shapes the way that I like to watch football be played, to be honest. Yeah, it's a great passer of the football, weren't he? Um I thought he was I thought he was excellent, Jason Peake. And I can't mention Jason Peake without mentioning that absolutely outstanding overhead kick at Halifax Town, uh, which was one of my early away days. Um yeah, I thought I, I rated Jason Peake, very good player. Yeah, he, he really was. He really stood out for me in that first like first spell of watching Dale games as a player that perhaps had the brain to play at another level, but maybe not the legs. Um, and I, I recently got actually got into a chat with one of his ex Plymouth teammates, Martin Gritton, on uh, Twitter, and he was sort of waxing lyrical about the passes that uh, Pete used to make to him in training, and Gritton not really appreciating just how good a player he was until maybe later on down the line, which I think may, might have been the way with quite a few supporters at the time as well. Yeah, he's um he, he still keeps in touch with uh, with Rochdale as well, Jason Peake. He's uh he's on all the Facebook groups and everything like that, so he still fondly remembers us, I think. But yeah, he's um his passing ability was absolutely outstanding. I thought I remember him forging quite a partnership. I seem to remember anyway, forging quite a partnership with Reed in his in his early days as a Rochdale player as well. It sounds like they'd sort of be the, the players that complement each other quite well, but as I said, that first spell that he had at the club was unfortunately before I'd started going. Um, but one player who was there when I started going, and I'm sure Unite's pretty much every Dale fan who's been watching Dale over the last 20 years. Uh, I'll bring you in for this one, right? <laughs> Those two were slightly before your time. But Gary Jones, uh, there can't be many players that can be classed as more of a legend than Gary Jones at Rochdale, can there? No. Um, 
there's not many other words you can come up with to describe Gary Jones, I don't think. Um, record appearances, um, you know, came up with some some really big moments for us. Um, you know, just for longevity of his, well, his second spell um, as opposed to his first, but just what a man he was and, and carried us through some of the bad times. Um, and it was good to see him towards the end of his, his Dale career be, be involved in quite a few highs as well. And yeah, no surprise that he, when he did eventually move on, he, he carried on at the same level with Bradford and, and captain them and took them to, to the next level as well in terms of, you know, League Cup final and, and this, that and the other. So yeah, it's just what a, what a man he was, um, what a leader he was. And yeah, I think every Rochdale fan was, was gutted when he went. Um, and it's because of one man one would assume but no just a, a great man and a, a legend yeah chaff do you think that even if it wasn't for the fact that he made as many appearances as he did for dale and going away and coming back to the club and everything else that that entailed do you think he would still have been a bit of a legend to dale fans anyway just for the way that he played the game jonah yeah absolutely um i don't think it it would have mattered how many games um he played whether he did become the record or appearance holder um, it's just his style of play. Just he absolutely ran the game. Um, he would run through walls for people for his team. He'd lead by example. He chipped in with goals. Um, yeah, just absolutely superb. Well, yeah, legend. Um, one word you can use. We used to call him the machine <laughs> when we used to go watch him watch because he just never stopped. Covered every blade of grass. Um, some of the goals he scored as well have been absolutely outstanding over the years, haven't they? Uh, that goal down at Southampton. There was a goal in his first spell down at Bristol Rovers, um, not long before he left us actually to go to Barnsley. But we'll forget that bit. <laughs> um, yeah, unbelievable player. He'll be if you were to do a Mount Rushmore uh, of Rochdale players, he'd be on it. Oh, one hundred percent. And I actually have a canvas somewhere of uh, him celebrating that goal at Bristol Rovers. For me, he just absolutely defined watching Rochdale across two or three different teams, especially going away from home. I always used to remember like, once the players started to filter over towards the away fans after a good win away from home, it'd always be Jonah at the back sort of pumping his fists in the air and getting the fans going even more than they already were. And um, I think Mr Rochdale wasn't was the name that was sort of given to him over the years and I don't think anyone could have deserved a moniker like that more than him he was just absolutely everywhere in every game he played for Dale and even though perhaps he'll, he'll be more fondly remembered um, by non-Dale fans for what he did with Bradford as Ryan mentioned going and playing in the League Cup final with Bradford which was an incredible achievement as the captain um, I don't think many Dale fans would find any issue with, with putting Jones into a team like this Um and one player who played in a sort of similar way to, to Gary Jones. Um, it's quite sad to, to actually speak about him, given that he passed away not long after his uh, football career sadly came to an end. Um, Ernie Cooksey. Now, Ryan, what were your memories of Ernie? Because I think um, we sort, you can sort of echo some of the things he said for Jones in the way that he played the game. Yeah, I think what he perhaps lacked in, in technical ability... Um, he more than made up for with with work rate and 
and not only that, he wasn't he wasn't one of these players who runs around, you know, forever and looks busy. He was he was happy to get into tackles, um, join him with attacks where possible. Um, you know, he did a job in, in numerous positions, I think, for us, um, but mainly in centre midfield. And yeah, it was really sad what, what happened to Ernie. Um, I remember I was quite young at the time, and and at the open days that we used to do in the summer and, and things, he was. He was always accommodating to, to me and, and other fans as well and just, just seemed like a great man um, to fit with a kind of player he wasn't. Yeah, really sad. Um, but, yeah, it, I think that sometimes takes away from what he brought on the pitch because, you know, he was vital to, to us in some games and, yeah, just never stopped running. Yeah, chap, when he first came into the club, I don't know if you remember, but they were really, really struggling at the time, weren't they? And he came from Oldham with a reputation as a player who would really sort of galvanise the team. And that's exactly what he did, didn't he? In his first few games, he was an absolute revelation in that midfield. Yeah, absolutely. He came with the reputation of being a workhorse um, for Oldham. The Oldham fans that I knew were a little bit gutted to have lost him. Um, And he came in and, yeah, exactly that. He ran his heart out for us. Uh, covered every blade of grass and yeah just um, yeah got very very fond memories of Ernie Cooksey uh, chipped in with goals as well um, it, it was a it wasn't the greatest stale side that he was a part of when Parkin was in his second spell but yeah he him and Gary Jones in midfield um, yeah I thought they were both very very good players um, gave their all and like Ryan said uh, what he lacked in technical ability, just more than made up for in, in effort. Yeah, and absolutely fondly remembered, as Ryan said, not just for the way he played the game, but also like the way that he was around the club. He was, a, he, I know he was the sort of player that really brought a smile to faces of fans and indeed his teammates. Um, uh, yeah, an absolutely lovely bloke, and it was so sad um, when he sadly passed away a few years ago. Moving into more a more modern sort of Dale side, uh, a player that had so much energy and also had a haircut quite similar to me at the moment. Um, Ryan, what do you remember of, of David Perkins? Just, he was like a little terrier in midfield, um, but he could play as well. He, you know, he, he could pass for ball. Um, we obviously remember the, the one goal against um, Darlow, but, you know, he, he was sort of, Box to box back then in in his first spell anyway I think where he was um, like Kante in, in sort of defensive midfield always tackling and intercepting passes but then he could join in as well and you know always popped up on the edge of the box really good player um, who I thought would would go a bit higher than he, he maybe did um, but he did play quite a lot of games I think in the championship and you know just a, a great player um, and it was nice to have him back for a short spell. Um, it wasn't the, the old David Perkins that we all remember, but um, yeah, just a, a leader as well. Um, one of many in that centenary season, I think. And uh, yeah, very, very fond memories of Perkins, um, the way he played the game and, and again, the way he acted and the passion he brought. Yeah, Chaff, would you echo what Ryan said there about maybe thinking Perkins could go on to a higher level because I remember being quite disappointed when he left for Colchester at the end of that centenary season, especially the way that he sort of bowed out with the red card after the goal against Darlington and missing out at Wembley, which 
arguably would have been the difference between us and Stockport on that day. Um, yeah, a little bit. Um, I thought he was at least, well, based on his form for us, I thought he was at least a championship player. Uh, did play a little bit in the championship than he for Barnsley, but um, when he left us, I thought it'd be for a higher club. I didn't think it'd be for Colchester, for example, and that was a little bit disappointing. Um, but for us, I thought he was absolutely outstanding in his first spell. Um, echo what Ryan says, uh, a little terrier. Uh, but not only that, he's, he, he chipped in with goals as well. And everybody remembers the goal against Darlington, obviously, uh, for its importance. But I also remember him getting a hat-trick over at Chesterfield, um, which was an absolutely brilliant performance. Um, one of the best individual performances I think I've ever seen from a Rochdale player. And... At times, he was absolutely unplayable. You wouldn't, nobody in lower league football would want to play it up against him uh, when he's on farm because you just wouldn't get a minute's pace. Um, yeah, very, very good player. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that people remember him for his first spell and not his second spell as well. Yeah, it was a little bit of a shame that it didn't quite work out when he came back, but he had altered as a player, I think it's fair to say, in that time, and maybe his legs are starting to go a little bit. And, I think it's interesting and a testament to, to Keith Hill's management that I actually think when Perkins signed, he came as a reputation as, as a left-back um, from Morecambe in non-league where he was quite successful and, and highly rated in non-league. But um, Hill obviously saw that energy and saw that tenacity and saw him as a central midfielder and he obviously had the quality on the ball to make it count as well. And yeah, he was a key member of that 07-08 side that, that ended up going to Wembley and it was such a shame that he missed out... Um, on that on that showpiece event, if you like, at Wembley. Um, but then one player who, who was to come in, who was able to then see us go through up to League One and complimented one of the players we mentioned earlier in Gary Jones very well, um, Jason Kennedy Ryan. Now, do you think he was one of those players that maybe took Dale from being the playoff chasing side that we had been at into becoming the team that won promotion in 2009-2010? Certainly played a big part in it. Um, I think people forget that there was a, a time in the season where um, I think Jones had either he'd got suspended or injured um, and we brought Jason Taylor in um, who also kept I think Jones out for longer than he was meant to but um, Jason Kennedy's performances never wavered um, and then I think in League 1 he, he went up and I, I think he scored more goals in League 1 than he did in League 2 for us but um, a really classy footballer, um, something we'd not seen for a while, I don't think, in midfield for Rochdale. Um, he could really play, and it, it was almost when he had the ball, the game was in slow motion a little bit because he always had space, he always found a player in space. Um, and another one who could do both sides, he could play defensively, um, but he could chip in and, and get in a box, and he, he was quite tall for a central midfielder, so um, got his head on quite a lot of things in. Yeah, great player, Jason Kennedy. Um, one of those players, I think, too good, too good for League Two. Chaff, do you think um, Kennedy's longevity in that midfield was again a real component of why Dale was successful for the next year in League One? And he was sort of the mainstay of that team, wasn't he? And even though it perhaps sort of started to fall around a little bit behind him, his performance levels never really dropped, did they? No, to be perfectly honest, I don't remember him having that bad, having well, having a bad game at all in that spell. Uh, that season, I thought he was excellent. 
Uh, and yeah, when Ryan mentioned that Jones was out and Jason Taylor come in, um, it, the sort of the leadership role was almost moved to Jason Kennedy um, without him actually having the armband. And I thought he did it really well. Uh, very good player. Uh, very rarely made mistakes. Um, another one who has come back for a second spell and it not quite been the same. But yeah, very good player. Um, and yeah, not really got anything more to add than what Ryan's added. Yeah, it's kind of strange um, that two of the memories that stand out from a player who was so good for us for so long actually came against us, didn't they, with those two goals that he scored for Darlington in the two seasons before we signed him. But um, let's move swiftly on from that and look at a player, again, that was a key component in a promotion for Dale. And Chaff, sticking with you for a second, um, where would you compare a player who's back with us again for yet another second spell in Matt Lund to Jason Kennedy? Um, Matt Lund for me is better than Jason Kennedy um, Matt Lund is one of the most all round midfielders I think we've ever had um, he scores goals he's a great passer of a football and he's probably one of the best tacklers I've, I've seen from a, a Dale midfielder um, I think he's absolutely tremendous um, I think he's come back and I think that game before Everything went quiet. He was absolutely outstanding. That goal he scored against Rotherham was absolutely outstanding. His first spell at the club, um, injury hit a little bit to the point where we probably could have got even more out of him than we did. But what we did get out of him, I thought he was absolutely outstanding. Yeah, right. I know you're a a big Matt Lund fan, so I'm just going to let you run with this one and wax lyrical about him for a few minutes. Uh Yeah, I just love him. I think he's, he's the exact type of player that, that I love in midfield. Um, he can, like Jaff said, there's, there's not much more to add, I don't think, but I'll try. Um, <laughs> he can tackle, and he can tackle well. Um, he's not afraid to make fouls um, when he needs to, which is something I've not seen in the modern Rochdale team and, and something I think we've missed in the last couple of years, actually. Um, but can set up goals he can run for days he score goals um, and he's just it, I can't believe he'd done so long in League 2 I know he, he only did a few months or, or maybe a year but what was he doing down there um, he's just he's phenomenal um, and he'll always be remembered for that hat-trick at Northampton on our Christmas too, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> for more reasons than one. But um, yeah, what a player Matt Lund is and was. Yeah, we won't go too much into that from that Christmas do, I'm sure I won't want any more information getting out about that than needs to be. But um, yeah, it's really I can't really add much more than what you two have said about Matt Lund. And I think the best way to sort of, uh, quantify just how good he is. I think the one position we probably didn't need to strengthen this January was central midfield. And yet, when we signed Matt Lund, I was absolutely over the moon. So, and he obviously slotted straight into the starting eleven. And as Chaff said, it, it might have been a slightly slow start, but that last game before this unfortunate break started, he was phenomenal um, and scored one of his better goals for the t- for the club as well. So, uh, looking forward to seeing him in action again when we get back. Um, and just whilst we're on that promotion season, we'll have a little quick mention for a player who I know you wanted to 
to mention Ryan, uh, Basti and Harry. Yeah, just one of those signings that you never really saw coming and you probably still can't explain why it happened. But um, I just fondly remember him for, for Bristol Rovers away um, being there. I think Joe Bunny scored and it, it was an emotion. I think Matt Lund scored actually as well. Um, emotional day, I think. We were all tense. Um, the fans, you could hear a pin drop, I think, for the most part. Um, and Bastianeri came along and he was doing a Maradona turn, he was flip-flapping. You know, I remember the one point where he was on my touchline in front of us and did a fake cross. Um, and I've never seen a footballer lift a leg so high um, when <laughs> doing one. And he just put us all at ease, I think. Um, and yeah, all the technical ability in the, in the world, I think. But if only he had the, the mentality of a Lund Perkins or a Gary Jones, um, there might have been a player in there. But yeah, I just wanted to mention that Bristol Rovers moment more than anything. Yeah, and I think I'll just add to that that um, he won my respect after the promotion was finalised a week later with a win over Cheltenham and he uh, got himself to the airport and flew back to Paris to celebrate with his mates, which I just think is fantastic behaviour. Um, and then we'll look at another player who was part of that promotion team and indeed sort of burst onto the scene and became an absolute key member of, of that team, Chaff. Um, a Rochdale boy as well. What were your memories of Jamie Allen? Uh, good ones, very good player. Um, I actually thought he'd—he's another one who I thought would go higher than what he has done. Because um, I think it was one pre-season, it might have been on Coleman actually, where he sort of broke. Where, where he was, it looked like we were going to build the side around him, um, and he was absolutely outstanding that pre-season. And he carried his form on into the league, and we. Yeah, he looks a real, real player. Really good passer of the football. Um, sort of always looked like he had a lot of time on the ball. Um, yeah, very, very good player. A uh, little mini Paul Scholes. Um, yeah, I thought he could have gone a little bit higher than what he has done to be fair. I, don't, I didn't expect him to still be in our division now. Right, what do you think it was that maybe held Alan back a little bit at Dale? Because I think after that first season... He looked like he was going to go on to a higher level than, like you say, than probably League One, where we are at the minute. Um, and yet, over the next couple of seasons, he maybe didn't have quite the same influence, but despite still being one of our better players, what do you think it was? I think there was a slight change in position for him. Um, I think when he broke onto the scene, he was playing as a, an attacking midfielder, um, and he was he was chipping in, he was getting him a box, he was allowed to dribble, if you like, and. And I always remember that that volley at, at Wickham away, um, which was another important game for us actually. But um, that goal pretty much summed up Jamie Allen's season, I think. Um, and then I think he played in a similar role the season after. But it got to a stage where, um, similar to another player we're going to mention later on in camps, but I think Keith Phil just seemed to prefer Jamie Allen as a as a four, if you like, or as a deep eight and. As much as he can do that, and he did a good job for us, he'd never give a ball away. Um, I think he could have offered more, and I think playing as a, you know, as a high eight or a ten, I think he, he could he could have moved up with ranks and divisions quicker than he, he perhaps is doing or has done. Um, but yeah, um, just a quick one on Jamie Allen. I knew him for quite a long time actually. I went to the same school as him, um, and I remember he was a couple of years older than me, but. The school teachers had always gone about how good at football he was, but 
there were a couple of PE teachers who said that there was another lad in his in the same year as him who was better, who played for Bury. Um, so when I went to that fans forum and John Coleman brought Jamie up as someone who he can see coming through and hitting the ground running and, and being a mainstay in our team, it surprised me a little bit because the PE teacher had said he's not going to make it. But <laughs> yeah, um, and then I saw him playing professional football and, you know, my God, um, he was so good for that promotion season. Um, and I think, I still think he's underrated by a lot of Dale fans. Um just a great, great footballer. Too good for, for this level, I think, still. Um, when he came back a few weeks ago, or, well, months ago now, it seems, um, I thought he ran the show for Coventry. Um, but just a, just a great player, um, great footballer. Yeah, I absolutely agree about his performance for Coventry the other week. I thought it was perhaps a little bit frustrating that we didn't get to see that, Alan, um, as much as we would have liked. We saw it in, in sort of little bursts here and there and unfortunately I think do think I agree that Hill held him held him back a little bit um but the well, quality the, other, the quality was always there wasn't it? Yeah, well the other week he played as a ten didn't he for, yeah. for Coventry he played behind the forward and he, you know, need I say no more. Yeah, I, I think he probably will end up I mean, there's every chance he'll end up in the championship with Coventry next season the way they've gone. So I think he'll end up at, at least there again. Obviously he was there with Burton for a short while but Never really, I don't think, nailed down a first-team place. But I think there's still plenty to come from Jamie Allen. And I also think there's still plenty to come from a player that you mentioned a few minutes ago there in, in Callum Camps. Now, right, how key has Camps been to this Dale team over the last couple of seasons when we've perhaps been struggling towards the bottom of the table more than we would like to be? Um, more so this season. Um, again, I... I I get a bit of stick for how much I like Callum Camps, um, but I do think he's been. If there's one player I think's been held back the most by Key Phil, it's Callum Camps. Um, he's proved this season, I think a few seasons ago, that give him a license and he'll score goals. Um, I see him as a, a 10 plus goals a season midfielder. Um, he's got you know all the technical ability you could possibly want in a League One midfielder. Um, he's shown a lot of loyalty to us as well. I think you know it's no secret that he, he perhaps had offers from elsewhere in in the summer and in January, and he he's chosen to stay with us. And as much as it might be because he wants to stay in the northwest, um, I can't imagine there's been little of offers from from clubs above. But um, yeah, his passing range great, can shoot, um, scored good goals as well. Difficult half volleys sometimes and um, yeah I, ju- I just think he's, he's he's really good Callum Camps and he's too good for us in that sort of high 8 10 position um, I think he was made vice captain stroke captain a couple of times early on as well um, which speaks volumes for his, his character and I think he gets a bit of stick for his mentality at times um, and perhaps the way he seems to be playing the game but um, I remember last year towards the end of Hill's time and he, it was often that he was the only one who looked emotional or bothered by it. I remember um, Keyfield's you know, happy clappy seal impression at half-time against someone I think we were 3-4-0 or nil down. Um, Camps was a laugh, last off. He was he was on his knees. He was You could tell he was gutted. Um, so it still surprises me that he gets beaten with that brush a little bit. 
Um, but yeah, I can't speak highly enough for Gallon Camps. I could go on for ages. Um, so I'll let Chaff take this one. <laughs> Chaff, do you think um, some of that criticism that Ryan's mentioned there is fair at times with Camps? Or do you see it the same way as Ryan that perhaps he cares a little bit more than some of the others sometimes? Um, I think there's been spells where he's looked not disinterested but frustrated maybe um, I don't blame him for that because like Ryan said I thought especially not this season but last season and maybe a little bit the season before he was held back a little bit and played in a position that he could do but it wasn't to his strengths um, he was basically playing as a, a really deep uh, defensive midfielder um, sort of deep playmaker type role um, which, you could, which you can do but you don't get the the full use of his attacking abilities doing that and like Ryan said he, he's, a, he's a midfielder who can score goals you'd want and probably expect him to be a 10 goal a season player uh, he's definitely got the ability to do that and like Ryan said he's not short of sort of uh, clubs looking at him um, he's We'll be lucky to keep him at the end of his contract this summer. Um, and, yeah, he's a very, very good player. Probably not quite seen the best of him um, for the reasons I've just mentioned. But we've seen before how good he can be as well. Uh, some of the goals he scores. Yeah, he's a very, very good player, Callum Camps. Would you say, Chaff, that this is arguably his best season with Dale? Because for me, it would be maybe on par with his first full season when he was playing, but I definitely think he's taken his game to another level this year after a few relatively quiet seasons. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think he's uh, he's contributed goals, he's contributed assists. Um, he looks like the sort of player now who wants the ball all the time. Um, he can score a variety of goals. And, yeah, there's been games this season where he's been outstanding. Um, thinking back to the Bolton... Car, um, not Carling Cup, whatever it's called these days, Carabao Cup game, um, where he absolutely ran the show. Um, I thought he was outstanding against Rotherham just before um, when we mentioned Matt Lund. The ball through to Matt Lund was outstanding. Um, yeah, I think he's been really good this season. Uh, and back to, if not his best, then not far from it. Yeah, I can't really disagree with that. Yeah, we'll take a look at some of the wide players um, <coughs> now before we go on and pick our make our picks for midfield and we'll go back to again a time before me and Ryan were going to Dale and Chaff you wanted to give a mention to Mark Stewart yeah definitely um, it was the first player that I watched that was exciting to watch um, tricky winger on the left hand side had pace could beat a man had a great cross on him chipped in with goals as well had a, real, had a long career with Rochdale 200 plus games um, yeah very very good player still goes to Rochdale now um, as a supporter see him around the ground all the time yeah very very good player um, yeah that, I just wanted to add, he, when you're mentioning best ever teams um, you've got to mention some that are not of that are a little bit older than what you two can probably remember and he definitely deserves a mention for me where would you rank him in comparison to sort of the players that we've had more recently? Like, would he have been a regular starter in today's team, for example? 
Um, the game of football's moved on a little bit. There's not as much call for natural sort of wingers like Stuart were. Everybody's got to play, be able to play anywhere in the final third these days. Uh, and Stuart might not have been able to do that. Um, but yeah, in terms of the effect that they've had on the football club, then yeah, I think he, he ranks very highly uh, for me. Okay, well, let's take a look at a player who perhaps didn't um, reach his potential with a football club, but in terms of like pure ability, has got to be up there with the best we've ever seen. Ryan, um, what do you remember of Patrick McCourt, if anything? Um, not a lot, to be honest, other than I remember being a young kid going with my dad and my granddad at the time. and um, I just remember people got excited by him. I think it was at a time where he was coming off the bench quite a lot. Um, and I remember re- reception he used to get coming on. It was like nothing I'd ever heard before. Um, and then obviously I've seen some videos and, and things of Paddy and the things he can do. If he just showed someone down the street, you know, black and white, you could genuinely probably tell them it was messy um, just because of his, his dribbling abilities, ball control and then finish is outstanding. Um, and yeah, I remember bits... Um, in person, um, just again, his dribbling abilities, you know, can beat a player without even touching a ball, um, which I don't think I've seen another player be able to do that at Dale. Um, but yeah, just a, an obviously great player and, and everyone speaks fondly of him. Yeah, Chaff Paddy was um, a little bit special, wasn't he? Very special. Um I've never seen a better dribbler of the football in a Rochdale shirt and possibly in any shirt, to be perfectly honest with you. It's like players don't know what to do when he gets near them, so they can't do anything. It's like they freeze and he just waltzes past them. Um, There probably weren't enough of these magic moments in a Rochdale shirt um, for what his ability sort of owed, but he was absolutely... Brilliant. And I remember him making his debut um, and dribbling past about three players pretty much with his first touch of the ball um, to win as a penalty at home to Southport in the LDV Vans Trophy. Uh, And that sort of introduced him to us. And then he got, I don't know, he got (laughs) amongst the moments of magic magic, that he was was wasted as well. Paul Simpson wasted him. Uh, we didn't get to see anywhere near enough of McCourt. Um, and I get the impression he was probably difficult to manage. And he's one of them players who will be more fondly remembered by other clubs than he will us. And yeah, but what a player he was. In terms of natural ability, he's probably the, one of the best I've ever seen at Rochdale. Yeah, I, I would go as far as to say in terms of natural ability, the best um, that we've seen at Rochdale. I wrote a 1,500-word article about Paddy um, last year, and I think I used up all the superlatives that I could possibly use about the guy. He, As far as I can put it, he made me fall in love with Dale and with football, just the way that he plays the game, the way that he could do it so naturally. Um, it was just magic to watch. And I think the fact that his attitude um, towards the game was sort of well-publicised, that... He wasn't uh, one of these players who'd be tearing around the training pitch, shall we say, and quite often spent 
his uh, Saturday nights out in Rochdale and what have you. And I think it says a lot about his his actual natural ability um, that he was able to go and play for a club like Celtic um, as often as he did because there's not many players that can manage to get to that level even with the most professional attitude. So from a court to go and do that as a player that he was um, says just how good he was and God knows how, how far he would have gone if he actually did have a little bit more application. One of the people you mentioned there, Chaff, uh, who managed McCourt was Paul Simpson. And do you think maybe the fact that they played in similar positions maybe stopped McCourt playing so much? Or was Simpson simply more deserving of, of the spot? Um, it's hard to tell. It, it certainly it certainly had a, a contributing factor to why McCourt didn't play as much because I think regardless of who we had as, a, as an alternative left-sided winger, Simpson was going to play himself anyway. But in fairness to Simpson, he did contribute more than what McCourt did overall. Um, and we can go on about his managerial ability or lack there of it, um, but, but, but Paul Simpson was a tremendous player. Um, some of the goals that he scored, uh, the amount of goals that he scored, um, he's, he's a very key reason into us getting into the playoffs um, that season as well when he joined because he joined probably just after the turn of the year I think it was um, and scored one of the best debut goals I've ever I've ever seen uh, against Plymouth at home from the, the main stand touchline straight into the top corner um, wonderful wonderful player poor manager wonderful player yeah Ryan, would you echo that? I mean, obviously his managerial ability left a lot to be desired at the time um, and perhaps in some of his other jobs since as well, to be honest. But do you think maybe that sours the view that some Dale fans might have of him as a player? Um, yeah, it probably does. Um, you know, I was probably too young to really appreciate um, the player that he was. Um, but yeah, I think it's a tough one because people do still speak highly of him and remember his goals. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to happen to anybody, isn't it? Um, I think people forget sometimes how many ga- games Keith Phil played for Rochdale, for example. Um, once you become a manager of the same club, it, it does cloud the view. And um, yeah, it sounds like he was a, he was he was a great player. To be fair, and he, well, he played higher before he came to us, didn't he? So um, that obviously shone through. One of the stars that um, of the side following Simpsons, um, Ryan, was Leo Bertos. Now, I'm assuming he would have been one of your favourite players because I think he was uh, pretty much every younger kid's favourite player at the time, wasn't he? Yeah, he was... Um, well, we just exciting, weren't he? It was um, a sort of an international footballer coming to play for Rochdale. Um, and I remember he, he played when we had my favourite ever Dale kit, that black and um, luminous green kit. Um, but yeah, just a great um, wide player who who had really good delivery and could take players on. He had a bit of pace. Um, another one, either I think I remember rightly, he was good at set pieces as well. Um, popped up with goals. You know, numerous assists, um, 
played a lot of games for us as well, actually. I think he was near near 100 games. Um, so, yeah, just a, a really good player and, and no surprise to see him several years later in playing in the World Cup and, and other things. But, yeah, we just did with such an exciting football. He, had, he always had the best boots on the pitch. Um, it was always sort of, you know, just for internationals and he was always good on the video games as well. So, yeah, he was a favourite of mine back then. Um, but a really, really good player. Chaff, do you think it's fair to say that Bertos was in some ways a typical winger in that he would often go missing for quite lengthy spells of the game and then just pop up with a moment of magic? Or, or even like sometimes he'd go three or four games without doing anything and then all of a sudden he'd put in a man-of-the-match performance, wouldn't he? Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think um, wingers are often guilty of that, McCourt being the prime example um, for, for that. But um, yeah, I thought Leo Bertos was... a Decent player in a really poor side, uh, and he shone. Um, he stood out, especially in while Alan Buckley was in the the, the managerial seat. Um, but yeah, chipped in with goals. Um, like to take players on. He's exciting to watch. Um, so yeah, yeah, I've got fond memories of him. We mentioned a few players earlier who we felt maybe could have gone on to play at a higher level. Chaff, one player who did go on, I think, to play in the Premier League, albeit briefly, but I think we expected bigger things of him. Um, how exciting was Will Buckley when he first burst onto the scene at Dale? So, I remember a pre-season friendly when he was 16, Will Buckley, or might, might have just turned 17, and we played away at Hyde United. And it might have been Cole Cavana, but me and Cole Cavana basically turned to each other and said, this kid, is very, very good. He will go on to bigger and better things. Um, and that was as a striker. And then he dropped back and he went wide and started running with the ball and he was superb. Um, the, amount of, he, the amount of goals, good goals that he scored, uh, from a wide area, cutting in. Um, yeah, very exciting player. Was at, was no surprise whatsoever that he got a big money move. Um, to Watford um, and yeah he's, he's done well in his career but he's never especially more recently he's not managed to to stay anywhere and have a really big impact which I think is a little bit of a shame um, remember him when he was at Sunderland as well tearing Manchester United to bits one game but just didn't see it quite often enough but yeah it was a, it was a top player for us in the the short spell that he had with us. Yeah, Ryan, what are your memories of, of Buckley? I mean, he had some games where he, he just looked absolutely unplayable. Uh, one for me that stands out was a 3 0 win at home to Bradford. Um, but what do you remember? Um, I just remember, well, what a good player he was. Um, he had electric pace. Um, you know, there were times where, you know, it looked like other players were walking. Um, trying to keep up with him and he was so direct as well which I, I loved and I think that team needed that because um, he'd just pick the ball up and he'd, he'd run at you and he knew he was going to beat you and if he wasn't going to beat you he was gonna, you were going to have to bring him down um, so we met a penalties he won um, some might claim he dived um, but you know he was just a really really good player who scored goals set up goals, won penalties, but he was always 
when he was on it, so were we. Um, it was rare that he'd have a good game and we wouldn't. Um, I think when he played well, we went on to score two, three, four goals most of the time. Um, I loved him. I absolutely loved him. Um, and I remember that game, watching that game on TV, the Sunderland and United game. Where I think I think he played on my left that day against Valencia, if I remember rightly. Um, or either him or Raphael. And he, he tore it up and I thought, this is his moment now. He's going to go on and, and do what we all thought he was going to do. But it hasn't quite worked out. He's, he's got a career at Bolton now, um, which... You know, it keeps coming and going, and it's a bit of a weird relationship they've got, I think. But yeah, in terms of his, his spell with us, just phenomenal. Um, and I think I think he'll always be remembered um, for years and years to come because he, he were exceptional. Yeah, yeah. A lot of these players that we're mentioning here are maybe players that were able to take a game by the scruff of the neck and and create that little bit of magic out of nowhere. And Buckley was definitely among those. Um, some of the goals he scored were. Absolutely terrific, and the way that he used to shape the ball up to, as if to pass inside and then drag it with his right down the line was—it was just unstoppable. And defenders must have known that it was coming if they'd done the homework, but there was just no way to prevent it. Um, and it is a bit of a shame. I think perhaps the injuries of, that he's suffered at Sunderland and other places might have held him back a little bit, which is a shame because he definitely looked like he had the quality to go on to a really high level. Um, one player who maybe doesn't fit into that category of a player who could take the game by a scruff of the neck and create something out of nothing, but ended up being an absolutely pivotal part of a, a really good Dale side. Chaff, Peter Vincenti. Now, what are your memories of Vincenti? Because for me, he doesn't stand out as one of the stars of that promotion winning side, but he was certainly key to it, wasn't he? Yeah, very much so. Hard working. Uh, doesn't look like a natural wide man at all. Um Big, tall fella, not blessed with great pace, but very, very skillful, very, very effective. Um, a goal threat as well, scored quite a few goals. Um, I think he scored 13 goals one season for us. Um, yeah, absolute top professional. Um, never let the club down in terms of performances. Don't remember him having any real bad games. Um, always a seven a uh, 10 player um, and yeah um, to say that we we managed to, to get him from Aldershot who had been I think they'd been relegated to the conference that season um, yeah he, he did really well for us he, he was a I didn't expect great things when we signed him um, but I thought he was a really good player really really good servant to the club yeah Ryan do you think Vincenti in some ways was a bit of a manager's dream because not only did he do an attacking job that maybe some of us weren't capable of doing, but also he, it seemed like he was a real positive guy to have around the dressing room as well, didn't it? Yeah, um, and I think more importantly, and something we perhaps don't have and haven't had in recent years, he was, he was, there was a connection between him and the fans and a really good one. Um, he'd stop and chat. I think he knew a few of us, you know, on a name-to-name basis. Um but, yeah, in terms of on the pitch, I think it was so important in many ways um, because we were a small team. Um, but he gave us that outlet from left to right where we mentioned him last week, but Michael Rose with that left foot was able to ping diagonals to Vincenti and he'd, he'd win them nine times out of ten. Um, came up with 
again, a score of goals, but a score of important goals as well. There were a lot of winners and a lot of equalisers in there. Um, I remember Chesterfield away um, at 2-2 draw um, and he was, you know, really important to that and, and what an away day that was, by the way. Um, but, yeah, just a great guy. I remember um, just a quick one on Vincenti. I was walking to, I went to Rochdale Football Club for college and I was walking up Rulemore Road and his car pulls up next to me and there's a guy inside, he goes, oh, are you going up to the club? So I said, yeah. Um, he went, oh, get in, I'll give you a lift. So I'm a bit like, this is weird. Got in and Peter Vincenti sat there in his beamer and he, he took me to the club and it was it was a Monday after we'd played Bury and he got sent off. Um, so I had a good five minutes with him, just, just slagging the referee off from that game. But um, I just think that speaks volumes of the type of guy he was. Um, just a really lovable fella, um, but a great player to boot. Yeah, exactly. The sort of player that I think every decent team has um, not only for off the pitch but also like you say on the pitch he he contributed massively in that season and the season after and then eventually I think one of the players that maybe started to force him out of the starting 11 a little bit was Donald McDermott now Chaff in his first few games McDermott looked like he was going to be an absolute world beater for us didn't he yeah he did um we're going to come on to another one in a minute but he was a, a classic broken side uh, that Keefell liked to pick up and try and fix. Um, did, I'm sure we got him from somewhere like Ramsbottom United, um, or somebody somebody really low down in non-league. And I remember thinking, how in the name of Christ is he playing at that level? And it can only be down to attitude because we've we've come up against him a few times uh, in his career, and he's tore us to bits. Um, and he was really, really highly rated in his younger days when he was at City um, and he went out on loan. And I just remember thinking, how has he got to this level? Um, there must be a reason that he's got to this level. So, yeah, for that for that opening spell, I thought he was very good. I thought he was a little bit inconsistent after that. Um, but yeah, I remember that goal down at uh, Blackpool that we mentioned in the Away Days podcast. Um, a couple of got a few goals at home. Um, yeah, he was a good player for us, but ultimately just didn't last long enough. Yeah, Ryan, what are your memories of McDermott? Um, would you agree that maybe it was his attitude that had let him down perhaps before Dale and towards the end of his spell with us? Yeah, I think you can... I don't know if I should go here, but I will. Similar to Paddy in that he had all the technical ability, could beat a man. He was exciting to watch. Um he scored goals, but good goals that you only score if you're a top player. Um, but just didn't have the um, the application. Um, there were times we'd go off, and it looked like he needed an help getting off sometimes because he was he was blowing. Um, but he was he was so exciting, um, and especially with me sitting in my main stand and seeing him go down that left flank, and you know I just thought he was he was so good on his day. Um, and I think I don't think I'm wrong in saying he was. He tended to be better against the better teams, um, which was strange. But I thought he was he was a very good footballer, and it's a shame he has the um, mentality he does because he could have gone on to be, you know, top league one championship player. I think fitness was always an issue for for McDermott. I remember games where he'd come on as a substitute quite late on. 
or in the second half at least, and he'd still be looking at wanting to come off before the end of the game. Yeah. Um, and I think there was one, maybe once, maybe more than once, where he was actually brought off before the end of the game, having come on as a substitute. Such was the lack of fitness that he had, uh, and that can only be down to to sort of determination and training hard enough and stuff like that. So I was disappointed. Well, that's definitely one um, comparison to be made with Paddy then, because that's something that definitely happened to Paddy, I seem to remember. Um, <laughs> you were mentioning on McDermott there about broken toys, Chaffin, and one player who definitely fits into that category and was very much fixed by the time he left Dale was Nathaniel Mendes-Lang. Yeah, definitely classic broken toy that we mentioned. Um, he was a big name to come to the club, even on loan, because he'd done well. Um, previous to that uh, uh, Peterborough uh, a couple of other clubs where he played well um, to look at him he's an absolute mountain of a man as well and his pace was frightening um, we didn't see it quite enough in his early spell with the club but once his um, once his contract was running down and um, he signed a permanent deal and he, he really really looked a hell of a player um, and there were times in the second half of that season where he was absolutely unplayable. Um, he was so fast, uh, contributed goals, and in the end, it didn't become any surprise that he'd go on to quite a, quite a much higher level. Yeah, another player that terrorised Manchester United in the Premier League as well, mate. Happens a bit too often, that <laughs> Ryan, I remember um, one of Mendes Land's first games for Dale was down at Southend when we were 2-0 down at half-time and he came on off the bench and absolutely changed the game and we managed to get a two-all draw and he, he was absolutely phenomenal that day and I remember in the car on the way back saying to, to the lads who I was with, he he's the best player in our team, he's clearly the best player in our team and he needs to be playing every week and by the end of his spell, he was arguably the best player in League One, wasn't he? Yeah, I don't think there's much of an argument with that. I think he was, um, he was a match winner um, but he was I remember signing him and I, was, I thought how the hell have we got in um, and then he started playing and like you said early on Chaff he was uh, there was times where he could see what he was going to become but he wasn't consistent enough um, but yeah but towards the end he was oh he was so good he was too good for that division um, he was too good for us he was so quick but he was good on the ball some of the goals he scored you know, left foot, right foot as well, I remember. Um, and yeah, I remember that um, that summer and that end of season awards do um, and being told at the time that we'd offer, offered him the, the highest salary of a club have ever offered anybody. Um, but you could tell by the face of the people who were telling me that that they were still pessimistic about it. Um, and you can see why, because he went to Cardiff, he got promoted and then he went to the Premier League and I think he got a bad injury early on, um, but then came towards the end and scored two at Old Trafford. Um, but yeah, it was it was so good for us. It was. I wish we could have got another season out of him because who knows where we'd be now? Because he was that good, he could have taken us wherever he wanted, he wanted to. Um, I thought it was it was outstanding. Yeah, he very nearly dragged us into the playoffs at the end of that season. I think even. Yeah. Going into the last day, we had half a chance. And I remember, I think we drew the last game. I'm, I'm not sure it was against, but we still had half a chance of getting in the playoffs. And you could see that it was 
it, it absolutely devastated Mendes Lang at the end of the game because he, he'd almost done it himself. And I remember him sort of collapsing to the ground and uh, I knew then that he was on his way because I think he knew himself that he deserved to be in the Championship and indeed a year later in the Premier League. Um, we're going to finish our options here with a little bit of a contentious one. Um, but Ryan, you said before we started this chat that your yeah. favourite version of Ian Henderson was on the wing. So you want to talk us through that one, mate? Yeah, it's a, it's a strange one. Um, I think it sounds so stupid because he's, he's going to break the record for our you know, highest goal scorer ever. Um, but my favourite Henderson to watch was the winger Henderson in the early days. Um, I touched on it last week. His, his link-up play with Michael Rose on the left. Um, some of his score, the goals he scored moving from left to right. Um, some of the touches that he'd produced on the touchline. I remember one at Fleetwood away thinking, how, how has he done that? Um, and I, it was just... There aren't many words you can use to describe Ian Anderson, um, but he could set up goals. Some of the goals he scored... The Tranmere one this season, the Leeds one, um, the one away at Cheltenham, um, that chip. And he's just, is amazing. But my favourite Henderson to watch was the left midfield Ian Henderson. Um, but yeah, he's, you know, the amount of games and goals he's scored is, is outrageous, really. And something we never thought we'd see because we we're always known as this selling club where players came for two or three years and then off they went and he stayed for a long haul. Um, I'm sure he's had offers from elsewhere, probably higher. Um, luckily, we've got him towards the end of his career, I think, because um, if he was seven or eight years younger, he, he wouldn't still be here. Um, but yeah, incredible man, Ian Anderson. Yeah, Chaff, I think I might have asked you this once before, but I'll do it again. Ian Anderson, Rochdale's greatest ever player? Yes. Not even, well, it's harsh on Gary Jones, but yeah, he is. Um, he's going to break, well, we hope, because he's out of contract at the end of the season. Um, we don't know when that season's going to end, but he, you'd like to think he's going to break Reg Jenkins' records. Um, deserves to. Keith Hill, when asked about his best ever signing as a football manager, said uh, without question it was Ian Henderson. Uh, and I would agree with that as well, especially from from his fellows at Rochdale. Um, the amount of goals that he scores is ridiculous. Um, to be that consistent over that length of time, when he's not a natural striker, is it's absolutely incredible. His record is incredible for Rochdale. Um, the goals that he scores as well, the the quality of the goals that he scores is special. Ryan's named a few there. Um, met team goals, really good team goals that he is a big part of and finishes. He, yeah, he's a he's a tremendous player. He scored the the best goal I've ever seen um, at Scotland. Uh, that Leeds goal. The technique behind that goal is absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, for me, he's the, he's our greatest ever player. Uh, yeah, I hope we can keep him um, at the end of this season. 
Yeah, I mean, I think every single Dale fan's got the fingers crossed for that. He's, I, I'm finding it hard to disagree with that um, in terms of Henderson being our greatest ever. I think I'd go as far to say that without Henderson in 2014, uh, we probably wouldn't have won promotion. And I would definitely say that in the last two or three years, we'd have been relegated um, pretty much every season if it weren't for his goals. At times, he has to go through games with next to no support and he still manages to pull something out of the bag. And It's all types of goals that he's scored. He's been consistent from the penalty spot as well as scoring those incredible sorts of goals that he scored against the likes of Leeds and Tranmere. But also, you know, those poachers finishes, those one-on-one finishes, um, lurking around the box for rebounds. And and yeah, for me, I I can't disagree with what you said, Ryan. If, If we'd have had Henderson... Seven or eight years ago, he definitely would have been going on to play at a higher level. Um, and I think we can be grateful for everything that he's managed to achieve at Dale over the last few years. And fingers crossed that we haven't seen the last of him yet. Um, so, guys, it's come to that time where I ask you for your picks. Um, Ryan, you just, you, Ryan's just pulled a face there, is it, to say that he hasn't um, confirmed this yet. So, Jeff, I'll come to you first, mate. What, who, who are you going for as your midfielders? Right, so my sense... The midfielders, Gary Jones is in there. Um, if he's not in all of our midfields, I'll be amazed. Um, Gary Jones goes in there as captain. And next to him, I've changed my mind a couple of times. Um, but in the end, I'm going to go with David Perkins. Um, mainly, for, Well, obviously, mainly for his first spell. I thought he was unplayable at times. Um, he only very narrowly beats Matt Lund to that spot. Um yeah, so Jones and Perkins in the midfield. Okay, so on the right wing, uh, although not consistent, I can't not pick Patrick McCourt. McCourt goes on the right wing and Ian Henderson goes on the left wing. And Ryan, have you managed to nail those spots down yet? Or? Yeah, I've, I've had it all week to be fair, but I've, I've changed my mind on one. Um but yeah, I'm just not looking forward to the stick I'm going to get here, but I'll go. <laughs> go on, <laughs> on the right-hand side, I'm going Mendes. Mendes Lang. Um, left-hand side, I'm going Ian Henderson, because you can't not. And then in centre midfield, <laughs> Matt Lund and Callum Camps. Wow. Wow, <laughs> that is brave, mate. That is very brave. Um, mine's going to be quite close to yours, Chaff. Um, I'm going to go on the wings. I'm going to go with the same two in McCourt and Henderson. I don't think um, I could pick anyone other than either of those two, to be honest. I loved watching Mendes Lang play, but Paddy was something special. The sorts of like I don't think we'll see again at Dale. And Henderson, as I've said, they're echo what you say about him being our best ever um, and then in midfield I agree with you Chaff that you can't not pick Gary Jones and Ryan will be getting a slap next time I see him for that alongside him it was a re- that's the probably the toughest position that I've found so far um, I was tempted by Matt Lund myself but um, again I think maybe it was the fact that he was the standout player when I first started going to games but um, Jason Peake gets my second slot in central midfield. And also, I think I probably would have had to change my name on the message board if, if he wasn't in there. So that's my midfield. Um, cheers for yours, guys. And also, thanks for coming on, Chaff. Great to talk again, mate.
Yes, mate, thank you very much for having us again. And Ryan, cheers once again. Looking forward to seeing how much abuse you get for not having Gary Jones on your team. <laughs> no, thank you. I'll, uh, I'll look forward to it. Uh, so all that's left for me to say is to not forget to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And we'll see you again next time.